You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Thursday. I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. I'm also the founder of Whole9Sports.com where you can find all of my written work. Today, I'll be joined by Mello for the second part of our interview. But before we get to that, it's time for the tight end episode. Obviously, we've got the interview, but... This one, so this whole episode is going to be a little bit different. Um, the first segment is going to be past and present of tight ends of Florida. Then the second segment will be the future before we get to the second part of the Mellow interview. Before we get started, just a quick reminder to follow Lockdown Gators wherever you listen to podcasts so that you never miss an episode. And be sure to leave a review. You know, let me know what you think about the show. DM me. Do whatever you want. NBA Draft GOAT Chad Ford, Lockdown NBA Draft host Rafael Barlow, and Lockdown NBA host John Corrales will be live this year covering the NBA Draft. It's Lockdown NBA Draft 2021 brought to you by Built Bar. Get local expert analysis on each pick. Follow Lockdown NBA on YouTube today and watch our live coverage tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Now, the reason I chose to be fine with the tight end episode being the shorter one uh, mainly because past, present, we can kind of bunch them because everything that happens this year with the tight ends is going to be compared to last year with the tight ends. Mainly because last year, I I don't know if you guys know this, but uh, we had a tight end last year who was incredibly underrated. Like He really flew under the radar the entire time. Uh, his name's Kyle Pitts. You can look him up if you'd like. He was arguably the most dominant tight end in college football history. He was arguably the greatest tight end prospect in NFL draft history. And, probably most important, he was the highest drafted tight end in NFL history. He's that guy. Like, that's Kyle Pitts. Last year, of course, was a phenomenal year as he just lit everyone on fire. He's dealt with, you know, his injuries here and there, but that's that's totally fine. Um, I'm not I'm not going to fault him for any of that. But last year he had 43 catches, 770 yards, 12 touchdowns. That is about as dominant as you get. I do not know if I've ever seen a tight end average 18 yards per catch. And of course, Kyle Pitts was much more than really just a receiving tight end. He was someone who literally played receiver. He would line up all over the formation. He would line up straight up out wide. The South Carolina game, if you want to watch something awesome, you could watch Kyle Pitts and J.C. Horn go at it. As in J.C. Horn, like the number eight, I believe. It was overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft to the Carolina Panthers against the number four overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft to the Atlanta Falcons, Kyle Pitts. You get to see that. You don't get to see tight ends and corners go at it often, but Kyle Pitts, built different. 
So that's what that, I mean, he was just truly incredibly dominant. And he was also underrated as a run blocker. That's one thing that really, that we saw happen often with Kyle Pitts was he, his run blocking really got underrated just because of how dominant he was as a pass catcher where people were like, I know why he could be good at both, but I, I can assure you, yeah, there's a way he's good at both. <laughs> like Kyle Pitts is easily the best tight end I've ever watched. I've granted, I've been covering the draft for this is going to be my fourth year coming up. So, you know, limited sample size, but Kyle Pitts to me was the best player in the draft this past year. Also to EA Sports and Madden, best player in the draft because he's ranked higher than literally every other rookie. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that just goes to show he was universally the best. Um, looking to this year, we've got the backups from last year in Keon Zipperer and Keymore Gamble. They combined for 21 catches, uh, 305 yards, and five touchdowns, which is, you know, that that's, that's a pretty efficient clip. That's a first down per catch and a touchdown every 4.25 catches, I think. Sorry, I'm just, I'm just taking that one off the top of my head um so you know that's a very efficient approach to things uh very efficient production from your secondary and third tight end uh and this year they're going to be our starters and i'm excited for it mainly because like i've spoken a lot about what i expect to see from the florida gators this year and florida gators offense specifically and keymore gamble keon zipper i think we're they're gonna get a lot of playing time they're likely going to be very heavily involved in the offense this year um will they do what kyle pitts did last year combined probably not no highly doubt that that was just again that was godly if we're just being abrupt if we're just being blunt about it uh but i do think that keymore gamble and keon zipper will be involved heavily in this offense primarily as run blockers because again i am fully expecting this offense to be very very run heavy um or not even very run heavy just when they throw the ball i'm probably expecting a lot of screens or a lot of little quick passes and they're going to be need they're going to need to be involved as blockers in the passing game they'll most likely be red zone targets more than anything else which is kind of what they were last year more than anything else they're guys that when we're in the red zone, we just need their big bodies. Like at that point, it's play bully ball. If you're not running the ball, just throw it to your big dudes. And that's what Gamble and Zipper are both going to be uh, relied upon this year. And yeah, don't expect a ton of production. I highly doubt that we will see a ton of production from either of them, even combined. Like I said, I don't think they'll match what Kyle Pitts did last year. But the work that they do do will still be just so valuable to this offense, especially when you look at it and it's like Emory Jones isn't necessarily a young quarterback uh, in terms of college, of course, but he is a rather inexperienced quarterback. And, you know, those younger quarterbacks tend, and those less experienced quarterbacks tend to rely on their tight ends a lot as little safety valves. Uh, so I, I would expect them to maybe be involved best there in the red zone or as a little safety valve option in the passing attack. Need something to do with your stimulus, tax refund, GameStop, 
Dogecoin, NIL, Bet Online money. Visit rockauto.com for all of your car parts needs. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. I I know I'm sorry bringing this up. You know I'm not even gonna. I'm just gonna skip the bit. Yeah, I'm gonna skip that whole little bit. Sorry. Um, but the the website is seriously just so smooth. It's a beautiful thing. Whether it's brake pads, taillights, you want hydraulics, the lights under the car, Tokyo drifted. Who cares? I don't care. It's it's your car, man. Do whatever you want. Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, whether it's for your classic. Or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Right, locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know exactly who sent you. Have you ever heard of Homefield? If you didn't listen to Tuesday's episode when you would have heard about Homefield, you're dead to me. But if you haven't, <laughs> they're a premium collegiate apparel brand that features incredibly comfortable officially licensed apparel with vintage college designs Homefield is in the middle of their second season of big new saturday where every saturday they launch a new school on their site for 16 weeks straight guess who's the school this week that's right your florida gators of gainesville are getting some Homefield apparel and let me tell you the designs are sick with t-shirts, hoodies, crewnecks, and vintage logo designs that you won't see anywhere else, new customers can get 15% off of their first purchase by using the code LOCKEDONGATORS, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-G-A-T-O-R-S with not a single space in there. Don't miss out. Your wallet will thank you. Trust me. I bl- just, just trust me there. Taking a look at the future of the tight end position in Gainesville, it is... Oh man, sorry, hold on. Oh my god, oh, that is blindingly bright. Wow. Oh my word. Tim Brewster, the tight end coach at the University of Florida. I'm sorry, I hate myself for that little spiel, but you know what? I'm just, I'm so about it. I don't even care. Uh, Tim Brewster, the tight end coach of the Florida Gators, he helped Antonio Gates. You know, Antonio Gates, who some people think is a top five tight end of an in nfl history he helped him learn how to play tight end after playing college basketball tim brewster that dude florida now should help florida churn out nfl caliber tight ends throughout his tenure here jonathan odom the only tight end on the roster behind Keymore gamble and keon zipper that have been in uf since before this year that that's important to note because Gamble is a redshirt senior, Zipper is a true junior, so you know not a ton of time left, not a ton of eligibility left with these guys. So you've got to look beyond, especially at the tight end position in Florida. Jonathan Odom is that guy that's been here, uh, redshirt freshman, and then behind him you've got the incoming 2021 recruits who I know that I've ha- I've done full breakdowns of before. You've got Gage Wilcox and Nick Elksness. They've both got a lot of potential. Uh, personally, Nick Elksness was my favorite when I watched the film that I could watch of their high school tape. Uh, I, I just like what he can do. I like his blocking better, if we're being honest. Like, Gage Wilcox, sure, could be a better receiver. I like Nick's blocking better. Again, that, that's where I'm at, and I think this is going to be very run-heavy. So I think he just kind of fits more into it. But that's not it. 
Like, it's not just the guys. Like, we have five tight ends on the roster right now in Gamble, Zipper, Odom, Wilcox, and Elksness. But we've already got lined up in 2022. Florida currently has a commit from C.J. Hawkins, who's a three-star recruit, which I know a lot of people look down on that. Shame on you for that. You should be disgusted with yourself. That's a horrible way to think about things. Um, but C.J. Hawkins, six foot seven, 220 pounds. He's not even a senior yet, and he's that big. Like, the dude's going to be a tank. Like, I don't even care if he has six catches on a year. They're all going to be touchdowns. Like, that's it's literally just that. Just put him in the red zone and throw it up as high as you can at that point. Like, he's going to kill there. Even 2023, the Florida Gators have a tight end recruit lined up with Mac Markway. He's committed. He's a four-star tight end recruit. He's not 6'7", 220. He's 6'4". But, I mean, just looking at this, like... And Mac is, like barely a four star in the sense like he's right below the five star spot so the game the uh, gators for the next few years are pretty set at tight and like they have a lot of guys that are going to be very young coming into this program and they've got a ton of potential and they're going to be taught by tim brewster like i know that a lot of people are like oh whatever he's the tight ends coach like that's a huge deal Tim Brewster being with the Gators in Gainesville is a huge deal. And, like, recruits are looking at that. Like, recruits are looking at who they're going to be coached by. It's not just who's the head coach. Like I mentioned em- with uh, yesterday with Emory Jones where he's he tweeted Dan- he uh, texted Dan Mullen, and he was like, hey, like, when it's all said and done, I want to be your quarterback. Like, there are guys that, like, they look at who's their quarterback coach, who's their receiver coach. Here, when they look at who's their tight end coach, they're going to see Tim Brewster, and they're going to know, he gets guys in the NFL, and that is a hugely important thing. And honestly, if they're not looking at that and they're not considering that, probably not good enough. If we're being honest, like you're not taking a serious enough approach at this. Like this is Florida could kill the tight end position for the next few years in college specifically, and just churn out talent. We're already tight end you. Like it's just further proof along like we're just gonna further prove that it's awesome i can't wait yesterday you heard me and dylan talk during our segment about uh the bet online betting odds with trey man where do you think he'll be selected in tonight's nba draft think it's before 26 after 26 exactly 26 put your money where your mouth is bet online currently has Trey Mann projected to go 26th overall in the first round of the NBA draft tonight. And I think he's going before that, without a doubt. Like, that is, to me, kind of disrespectful. Head to betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts make sure to use promo code locked on that is l-o-c-k-e-d no space o-n all right and we are back with locked on gators joined by mellow host of two guys a girl and a podcast a new episode come out every friday and he's also the radio host of mic'd up every day from two to four central time on fox sports joplin and now mellow's here to talk about some gators draft prospects we're gonna top we're gonna start off with 
the top prospect, the one that we've spoken the most about so far on Lockdown Gators, Kair Elam. What are your thoughts on him? And can he challenge Singley for corner one? Uh, that's that's going to be tough. Uh, my thoughts on him, I, I like his size. When you just look at him, you know, we talked earlier about some of these guys in their listing. Right now, I have him at 6'2". I don't know if that's changed or if that will change. But anytime you see a corner with his athletic ability enlisted at 6'2", he's going to have some good, nice length to him that the NFL is going to love. I have him, when I updated my big board in the spring, I have him as the number eight prospect. I don't know that he's going to challenge Derek Stingley because he just, Stingley looks almost perfect at that corner position. But, you know, it happens. Uh, sometimes guys get exposed. They're, you know, at LSU, sometimes guys come back for that junior season and they're not real amped up about it. We've seen, you know, a lot of these secondary guys come in for that junior year and have a very disappointing season. I don't expect that from Derek Stingley Jr., but it could happen. But as far as Elam goes, I, I have him as the second-ranked corner right now. I, I think he can be very good. And, you know, last year we saw C.J. Henderson come out and everybody had those expectations of Florida corners and, oh, don't know if you draft him high. I'm really hoping that C.J. Henderson ruined that trend and that we can get back to just drafting these guys or, you know, not scouting the helmet of the Florida corners. Because I do. I really like Elam, but I know that there are a lot of question marks. And I think a lot of that does come from He's a corner. He plays at Florida, and people are questioning that. Same thing with the Ohio State QB thing. They're just going to question the position, yep. not necessarily the player. Um, <clears throat> and then you mentioned earlier, well, now yesterday's episode, um, that Florida defensive line. What are your thoughts on Zachary Carter and Brenton Cox Jr. kind of coming off the edge as those two hopefully premier pass rushers for us? I'm a big fan of Zach Carter. I think that I might be even like leading the hype train on him, but his versatility to play in almost any scheme in the NFL is going to be huge. And I know that he's kind of locked into that role at Florida, but NFL teams are not going to be you know, scared of that. They're going to look at him and say, maybe we can play him as a 3-4 defensive end. Maybe he can be a 4-3 defensive tackle. And he's got a lot of range and athletic ability and a body that could add weight or maybe even trim up. I mean, it's crazy what some of these guys will do with their body, but he is one of the most exciting players for Florida, even with Elam being there, being so highly ranked for me. When you look at Zach Carter, I think that he is a guy who a lot of people are talking about Britton Cox. They're talking about Elam, but at the end of the season, I would not be surprised if Zach Carter is one of, you know, at least the top two prospect at Florida. Yeah. I mean, he best pass rusher for us last year, despite Cox's tape. They didn't really have the productivity, but Zachary Carter led the team in sacks last year. So he was he was the guy that could actually finish the play. Um, From a position that's not real easy to get a lot of sacks at. It's hard. It's easy to pressure the quarterback from that position, but to actually make it home in that defense is pretty tough. And I, I think he had like five sacks last year. Yep. So had a very good season. And then, again, just coming back for another year, I think that he could be a candidate to – really just have a breakout performance and not just be like a, a household name to Florida fans or SEC fans, but to put his name on the map nationally. Also important to note that at media day, drippy as hell. Uh, <laughs> and then we've got one guy who's, I mean, we mentioned his measurements before, is athletic freak, super hyped up. Uh, Jeremiah Moon is someone who went miraculously from 6'5 down to 6'2 in just a year. Uh, what are your thoughts on him as a prospect? Because I know he was supposed to be a senior bowl guy last year, and then he came back. 
uh, and he's more athleticism than anything else at this point. Yeah, there are a lot of traits there. You just have to see some kind of production on the field and maybe him coming back for uh, the super senior season, maybe we'll get it finally. And yeah, I do think, you know, we joked about him going from 6'5 to 6'2". I, I like that move uh, to actually get a true measurement. So many of these times you'll see guys come in and it's like, oh my gosh, he's 6'5", 250, this is great. And then they get to a pro day or the combine and they measure in at 6'2", and there's a lot of disappointment. So I think just getting in front of that and just being, like, hey, I, I'm actually six foot two. Like a lot of us would love to have that problem. But for him to just get in front of it and like, why the hell are you listing a guy at six five if he's, you know, even if he's almost six three? So I, I like the player. I like the traits. I love this uh, ability to get off the ball, but he does have to have some production. It, it might not take much. It might not have to be in the sack category. It might just be quarterback pressure. So we're showing that he can get home to the quarterback. But he's another guy, you know, that people are going to be focusing on Zach Carter and Britton Cox. He could be that third player that just does get through and has a breakout season. We're hoping so, because he's just been so much hype for so long without enough uh, results. I'll say I mean, he pops as soon as you turn on the defense. As soon as you watch Florida play, you can tell, like, oh, number seven, he looks like he's going to be special. And he is athletically, you know, but for him to raise his stock in the NFL draft, you find you just have to have some kind of production there. Yeah. And then we've also got one more guy in the defense to bring up in Ventro Miller, linebacker for Florida, that ton of experience. A lot of Gator fans love him. What are your thoughts on him as a pro prospect? I feel like I should probably say that him and I are not related, despite sharing <laughs> the last name. I know a lot of people are probably really confused about that. Yeah, you guys are similar too. So. <laughs> exactly, right? Uh, he, I mean, a huge hitter. I think he really burst on the scene last year with just some kind of jaw-dropping highlights. And a lot like Moon, I think it's just putting that together and consistently being a good tackler. Uh, the NFL, I don't think, really cares if you lay somebody out or if you barely get them down. And as long as they're going down, they want those tackles. And he's a guy who's also a very good veteran leader on this defense. And for him to come back to Florida even, uh, I thought he was a pretty good draft prospect last year. But to flash some athletic ability but also be – you know, for a Florida fan, just the leader of that defense, the vocal leader, the guy that gets everybody in line, I think is going to be huge for them. And, and that will show up because eventually he'll end up at one of these all-star games too, whether it be uh, the Shrine or the Senior Bowl, whatever it is. I think we'll be seeing him early February and, you know, getting in front of these NFL teams, getting interviewed and just being maybe not the most exciting linebacker we've seen. I think we've been really lucky over the last couple of years to see some very special linebackers. I think this is going to be a down linebacker year where he might emerge as even the number two, number three linebacker in this class, but might be, you know, drafted a little lower than maybe some fans are expecting. Yeah. And I mean, that's one thing you mentioned this linebacker class. It's like, we're not seeing these absolute athletic freaks that we've been seeing the past couple of years. And honestly, I'm looking forward to it because I'm sick of the whole linebacker safety debate that happens with all of them. Um, yep. Are there any? Do you gators? draft a linebacker in the first round? Stuff like that. <laughs> are there any uh, Gators offensive players that caught your eye at all for the draft? The running backs are interesting. Yeah, I, I feel like they always do the running back by committee thing at Florida, and you'd probably know that better than I would. But <laughs> then you know we'll have a year where it's like, why haven't we been just giving this guy the ball the whole time? And I don't know if that's going to be you know Davis or Pierce. 
seems like they're going to be sharing a lot of the carries, but maybe one of them can explode for some big play capability type things and make a name for themselves in the draft. But I am, I'm looking for that because I do think Florida is going to run the ball more this year than they did last year. Right. I think they're going to have to, and with Emory Jones, like you said, uh, he's a guy who can open up the playbook. You can run more of that spread option stuff, read option, and that's going to help the running backs a lot too. So keeping an eye on which one of those guys kind of emerges as the dude in the backfield and takes the bulk of the carries. Yeah, and uh, one more guy that's going to be in the backfield now that wasn't there last year is Demarcus Bowman from Clemson, who I think at least is going to steal some of those carries away from people just because I'm ready for him to be such a playmaker for us. Yeah. And uh, the Henderson receiver is another, he's young, so he's not a draft guy, I don't think yet. No. Uh, but he's another one that is going to be exciting to watch because somebody does have to emerge and take a lot of those targets that Kyle Pitts did last year. And there are some good veterans. Jacob Copeland, uh, who's shorter, is another one that's back for Florida, I believe. Yes. Somebody has to step up and take those targets, but it might be the sophomore Henderson, Hopefully. who is CJ's brother, I think, correct? I believe so. Yeah, I think there's some relation there. That about does it for today's episode of Lockdown Gators. Join me tomorrow as we have the third and final part of the Mellow interview, and we talk about where Gators went in the NBA draft, if they went, because I'm just I'm knocking on wood now because I would hate to be that jinx. But it's gonna be a fun one to wrap up the show to wrap up the week. Once again, my name is Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can find all of my written work with Hold Nine Sports as W-H-O-L-E-N-I-N-E Sports. Be sure to check out Locked On Yankees, which almost made me puke. Hosted by Stacey Gutsulius, part of the Locked On Podcast and Network. If you want to hear about the blockbuster trade that, I mean, to me, literally just happened with the Yankees trading for Joey Gallo, don't miss out. And more importantly... Don't miss NBA Draft Goat Chad Ford, Locked On NBA Draft host Rafael Barlow, and Locked On NBA host John Corrales, because they'll be live this year covering the NBA Draft, and if you haven't seen the pictures on Twitter, it's sick. They have a whole set. It's it's a full-blown show. Like, it's not like a stream with just a few people on a Zoom call. Like, it's a full-blown show. It's insane. It's Locked On NBA Draft 2021, which is brought to you by Built Bar. Get local expert analysis on each pick follow lockdown nba on youtube today and watch our live coverage tonight july 29th at 7 p.m eastern time